Good afternoon. This is H.T. Webster, and this is episode, oh, I want to say 27, forgive me if I'm incorrect, of my podcast, Shared Consequences, a podcast about childhood sexual abuse victims and their struggle to survive and maneuver through the rest of their life, along with their family, friends, and anyone else um, that they have any type of intimate relationship with. Um, I'm going to start with the crisis line. For Broome County, New York, if you are in crisis 24-7, you may call 722-4256. If you're in crisis and you cannot speak, you may text the crisis center at 725-8196, area code 607. And as always, the suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. So I was supposed to do this podcast with my mom yesterday. Um, She was going to get back on, but I ended up having to work late and our schedules didn't sync up. Um, However, we have a plan to do it together next week. And my sister has promised to also be on. So I hope you all tune into that. Um, I've been waiting for my sister to um, have an opportunity to speak. And uh, I think it's really important to the story for everybody to hear her. So I hope you look forward to that as much as as I do. Um, I know we haven't talked about the details of the trial yet. Uh, We're still going to do that, I promise you. Um, I also know that I, besides the podcast uh, that I did with mom, that I left off when my grandparents took me home to live with them. And I promise to continue uh, information about that uh, part of my life also. Um, But today I'm going to read to you, I don't usually script these, but I'm going to read to you um, something that I wrote in reference to my struggles with trying to survive uh, childhood sexual abuse and trying to translate and convey um, what happens to a person and those around them as once the abuse concludes and they try to um, continue on with the rest of their life the best that they can. So I don't mean to script things. I usually do things organically, but I was looking through some of my notes um, because before I started this podcast, I would do, um, I would write things down. That's how I would get things out of my brain the best that I could Um, because it's very important that victims have an outlet, you know? Um, So that's used to be my outlet before I started the podcast. So I'm just going to read that to you today to try to put in perspective um, the monumental struggle that just being alive brings with it once you are a victim of child sexual abuse. So I'll start with that. And thank you for um, humoring me with this part. Some days the words flow from my thoughts and memories with ease. Then other days, like today, I feel stuck, trapped. This is another part of trauma. Not that we all don't have good days and bad, but when I say trapped, it's a trap inside of myself. It's more than writer's block or a bad day. It's like a mental harness that keeps me from exploring parts of my past that are associated with the sexual abuse. It's as if my brain won't allow myself to dig too deep too fast. You remember what you can as you can. Sadly, some parts of the story will never be told. 
Some parts are in my lungs, in my face, in my jaw and neck especially. Some parts are in my right ankle, now in my liver, my left shoulder, my lower back. Some people, the ones that really pay attention, say they can see it in my eyes. Parts of the story are on paper and sentences that I call poems that even I can't make sense of sometimes. Some parts are in the oversized sweatshirts I wear or the baggy jeans. Some parts of the story are buried with my parents' divorce. Some parts are in my sister's complete skepticism of the world, a trait that will never change. Her trust of anything good forever vanished. Some parts are in my mother's inability to trust her instincts now, therefore her inability to forge any healthy relationship following my father, the kind that you would spend your years out with. Some parts of the story are in my father's rage, the kind he could no longer control, the kind he fed to everyone and everything around him until he became as broken and as alone as he felt inside. Some parts of the story are buried with my grandparents, the nights my grandfather walked the halls to make sure I wasn't having another night terror, or the days my grandmother cooked endlessly to try to fill a hole inside of me the only way she knew how. Some parts of the story are buried with the names of school friends that I can no longer conjure up in an awkward encounter when they certainly seem to know mine. Some parts of the story are buried with a police chief that stood with me when an entire town stood against him. Some parts of this story are buried inside of a house <clears throat> that I was simultaneously plucked from and walked away from on a summer morning without a second thought, <clears throat> excuse me, and never to return. Some parts of the story are buried inside two separate file folders noted by two separate head doctors, the one that promised to help me and the one that actually did. And some parts of the story cannot be told because they are and still are endured. And some parts of the story don't have to be told because so many of them happened in front of everybody. Thank you <clears throat> for listening to that. Um, it's just, you know, a paragraph of reality, really, of... Um, we talk about, you know, the things that we do to numb our pain and how I mentioned that um, you can only remember what you can as you can because your brain is still always in that survival mode. Your brain doesn't leave that survival mode. So even when new memories start to flood in, um, they come in tan, you know, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> they come in small doses because your brain is still in charge of trying to keep you safe from panic, fear, pain, um, worry, all those things. So you just get small doses as, as things come to the surface. And, and some of these things will never come back to the surface. Some of these things that are associated with trauma for anyone who's been through trauma, some of those things you will never be able to conjure back up ever because your brain doesn't feel that it's safe enough to do so. <clears throat> so you numb yourself with alcohol, cigarettes, drugs. Some people did drugs. I didn't do drugs. I did. I, I smoked 
cigarettes and drank gin and wine and whatever else. Um, that's, you know, that's the tinker way to do it. Um, that's my maiden name in case you didn't know, but, uh, we don't, you know, as much as I always wanted to, uh, take myself out of the world, I never had, uh, the guts to do so. So the tinkers, we prefer a long, slow death of, of misery and pain and, you know, kill yourself a little bit at a time and throw some humor in there when you get a second, you know, to, to kind of keep things on an even keel. Um, but that's just reality. But so I wanted to read that to you because I want you to know how important that is for you yourself. Um, if you are a functional survivor or somebody you love as a functional survivor, you have to remember that parts of this trauma are always going to be with them and in them, you know, people that grind their teeth, people that have chronic pain, uh, people that can't seem to make a commitment, people that can't hold down a job, um, people that uh, can't seem to get their life together, even, you know, after age 30. Um, that's, just remember before you judge somebody, you know, um, I'm not sure who said it, but, you know, walk a mile in their shoes, a lot of these traits of people, even drug addicts and domestic violence people are <clears throat> just after effects of them trying to cope. Is it the right coping skills? Clearly not. I mean, I know I don't have all the right coping skills either, you know, because um, I've you know filled myself up with enough uh, cigarettes and, and coffee and wine um, for two lifetimes. But... These are coping skills that we attach ourselves to. So you might know somebody in your workplace or in your school or on your kid's baseball team or, or you know, whatever that is struggling. Just know that I'm not saying they're all victims of abuse, but just know that they very well could be. And um, they're still trying to find their way out. They're trapped. And their outlets sometimes to hurt others is so that they no longer have to hurt themselves. Okay. Um, that's really all I have for today. Thank you all for listening. It's Thursday. Tomorrow's Friday. And I can't wait until next week till my sister Nicole gets on here with mom. Um, you know, and we'll get Nick to talk about um, what she saw when she witnessed the sexual abuse and, and what she had to go through um, as a child herself in order to tell my parents what was truly going on. So please look forward to that. Thank you for listening as always, and we'll talk soon.